Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week on the show, I am joined by Katie Morgan for a game of 52 Days on the Ice. 52 Days on the Ice is a game about a journey taken by two people, one of whom the exile is familiar to this world, the other, the envoy, is not. Together, they must traverse difficult terrain across a great expanse, and hopefully along the way, find some level of understanding between one another. It is a game about how these two characters relate to one another and how their relationship changes as they travel together across this great and dangerous expanse. This game rules. There's really no other way for me to put it. This game is absolutely incredible. I adored playing this game from start to finish. It is everything that I want out of role-playing games, and it is, uh, I think that you're going to love it. I recommend going and picking it up right now. It, uh, it, like I said, it rips. It rules, and I'm such a big fan. You can find the game at occasionalL.itch.io, or you can check the show notes for more information. Katie is the social media manager and a frequent cast member on Off the Table, which I've talked about before on the show. Uh, Off the Table is an incredible group of community-funded streams and podcasts supporting indie tabletop role-playing games. As somebody that does a lot of work to uplift indie games, you can uh, imagine what a big fan of Off the Table I am. They produce some of the highest quality actual play, like anywhere and that they are doing it for wonderful indie games is it makes me very emotional a couple of their shows out right now are missing annie lee which is a fear itself actual play which the finale of which just dropped and also of black glass which is a the watch actual play and like i talked about it on the episode so like you'll hear me rave about it then but like it's real good and i really really recommend you go check it out because i think it's they, they created something really special and beautiful with it and i really really want you to listen to it you can find more information about Off the Table on Twitter at off underscore the table, and you can find more information about Katie's work at Katie Face on Twitter. That's K-A-T-Y-F-A-I-S-E. Now, I think that that's all we have here. I don't think I have anything else to shout out before we dive in, so why don't I throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, uh, I am so, so excited to be sitting down with Katie Morgan. Katie, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Thank you for having me. I'm super hyped. I could not be more excited. Uh, real quick, before we dive in, though, why don't you take a moment to let the lovely listeners at home know about anything you've got going on that you might want them to know about? Yeah, I um, I go by Katie Face, K-A-T-Y-F-A-I-S-E on Twitter. That's the best place to find me. Um, but I am the social media uh, manager for Off the Table, off underscore the table on Twitter and Twitch, where we stream indie RPGs and we release a couple of fun podcasts. We have a AP Fear Itself podcast that is out right now and an AP um, The Watch podcast, which is a wonderful game about defeating toxic masculinity. <laughs> And um, we have a lot in store coming up. So we would love, you know, any views or listens that you have with your your precious free time. I love You're the Watch AP. Oh, I'm so glad to and hear I just that. Wanted to, I just want to put that out there, like, directly on mic because just, like, it's very, very good. Uh, I mean, I, I we've had Juno on the show before. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's uh, – I listened to the show and it's just – it's, it's it's good. It's, it's heavy. It's probably one of the things that I'm like most proud of to be involved in. And on, honestly, this is just out there for listeners to hear. Did not want to be a part of it in the beginning because I'm not a war gamer. Like I don't mm -hmm. enjoy fighting in war. And then when I actually read Ash's game, I was like, this is beautiful. Like this is, it's not about, it is about the war and the fight, but it's just, it's so much more about the emotions and you mm -hmm. healing and like going through your life. It's, it's just, it's some Beautiful game, highly recommended it, and it's probably one of the things I'm most proud of. I, I, I mean, I, I get it because the AP itself is just like astoundingly good. <sighs> okay, now that I've gushed, now that <laughs> I've gushed, um, I think it's time that we dive into a game and have some fun today. Yeah. All right, so we are playing uh, 52 Days on the Ice by uh, L. Shulman. 52 Days on the Ice is a game about an exile and an envoy. An exile is someone to whom this world is not familiar. The envoy is someone who is fleeing something terrible. And with the two of us together are crossing a great expanse together. Uh, the game assumes the glacier, but we'll kind of talk through where we're going and what kind of scenario we want to be going through. But basically, we are going to pull some cards, we are going to answer some questions, and we are going to explore how our relationship changes on the course of this harsh and unyielding journey. I'm so excited. I've played this game once, 
And it was an experience that brought me to tears. And so I've been really excited to play it again. And I'm so happy to be playing it here with you. I'm very, very excited. This is this is extremely up my alley in that it is heavy and intense and like telling a really compelling story with very simple mechanics. And like, that's my jam. That is where I live. That is that is that is that is my my home turf. And so I could not be more excited to, to play through this game today. Me too. All right, so um, we've got a deck of cards in front of us. We've split out uh, the cards uh, into two smaller decks based on the diamonds and clubs and hearts and spades. Or no, hearts and clubs and diamonds and spades. Uh, we split the decks. We've shuffled a joker into each deck. Uh, what's going to happen is we're going to continually pull cards. Those cards are going to give us a prompt for a scene. Those, And then we will address those through action, conversation, or flashback. And... Over the course of play, we're going to tell the story of this journey across the ice. When we flip the Joker, uh, the first Joker is going to tell us like a major storyline beat. The second Joker is going to push us into the ending of our story. Um, And over the course of the story, we'll see how our characters change and how our relationships change. Awesome. So the first question that we have to answer is which of us is going to be the exile and which of us is going to be the envoy? Do you have any particular pull toward either Hmm. of them? I don't have a particular preference. What did you play last time? Because you said you've played this once before. I want to say I played the envoy, the the alien character, the one who was fleeing. Then I think I would like to play the envoy and have you play the exile. Awesome. So we are going to go through. We have a few simple questions to go through. We have three basic ones and two optional questions. Uh, We can fill those out and then we will answer them and introduce our characters uh, when we have answers to these questions. Nice. Do we know what, do we want to stick to the glacier idea or do we want to do like I, a stranded in the water or any hmm. space, something like that? Because I know that the, we, when I played it, we did the, just the basic glacier idea. It was very, it was perfect for us. Um, but I'm also open to any other kind of setting. I really like, so I'm feeling the glacier, on, like, but if you want to change to it to something mm. else, we can go with, we can go with the I different. I like the glacier. I like, I like it being sort of based on what the game is about. I like that. All right. So I've answered the three questions and the two optional questions. Uh, would you like to go through your character first or should I? Um, You do yours because I'm working on my optional ones. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, I am playing Rex. Uh, Rex uses he, she pronouns. Uh, Rex came to this world, Rex walked through the fog, and she hasn't stopped walking since. Um, and what is alien to Rex about the exile? What is alien about your characters? Um, your character is, is vast and free associative in a way that, like, my character, I walk through the fog and I focus on the walk at all times, like, I'm very... I seem to be, even when sitting still, like always walking and always taking that next step forward. Mm. I don't I don't free associate in that way. Right. Like I don't have that 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 free associative outlook on the world. My home world, uh, the place that I came from, the place on the other side of the fog is constantly like me. It's constantly moving. There is a constant momentum to every object and molecule that that seems to be always in the way that, that they always say that, that the earth is moving under your feet and you just can't feel mm. it, imagine a world where you could feel it. Oh, I love that. That's very evocative. And I have not been on this world for very long. I think uh, it, has, it has been a, a scant small amount of time as I've been, as I've been walking. Oh, that's really cool. Um, so my character, the Exile, their name is Yuna. They use they, them pronouns. Um, how did you come to know the envoy? I found Rex as I was injured and trying to find shelter. And I think that Rex assisted, um, somehow, like maybe, um, maybe I had really twisted my ankle and it was hard to walk. And Rex was able to make a, um, a, a, a brace for my ankle can and I, help. Can I throw oh, out yeah, a suggestion? Ahead. Of course. Um, I mean, tying into tying into how he came to this world, maybe Rex literally carried you on her back until the two of you found like a spot of shelter. Like you like Love if your that. ankle was twisted, I did what I do best and I walked and like I was like, well, I, I you know, I carry I I lifted you onto my back and like we walked until I found a space that I could that, that you could stay in shelter. And I adore that. 
and yeah. and the next day you woke up and found me just walking walking around the the sort of cave structure that we that we had inhabited. I love that a lot. Yeah, that that really ties in well. Yeah. Um, what is alien about the envoy? I said that uh, Rex's eyes are different than the eyes I'm used to, and and when I say that, I mean that the 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 people in my home, I think their eyes are very resigned and sort of lifeless they're sort of resigned to this cold life that we live and rex's eyes were the first eyes i saw that had a bit of well that constant moving in them i think it even goes to their eyes their eyes are are constantly dancing and moving and it interested yuna Mm -hmm. um why were you exiled i refused to be a sacrifice for my people's god to end the cold Mm. And what makes your world unique? Uh, we're used to the cold. It's never been warm here. Even though we are trying to end it, we don't know if that's even possible. Mm. So it's always been cold. It's always been glacier-like. And we are sort of built for it. I love that. I love that a whole lot. Um, all right. So we've answered our questions, which means it is now time for us to start drawing cards and laying out scenes. Would you like to draw the first card? I will. I will. Okay. So... Seven of Diamonds. What you trust your companion to do. I think this is um, very early into Rex and Yuna's meeting. Mm -hmm. And that trust isn't there automatically, even though Rex did so much to help Yuna. I think it it makes sense. They're strangers. Yuna wouldn't completely trust Rex all the way. And Rex wouldn't completely trust Yuna all the way. But I think that there's... One night when uh, Yuna is healing still, and it's sort of gotten a little worse for wear. I think they're a little feverish, and um, they they trust Rex to keep an eye on their shelter, Mm. because they're not sure if they're in an area where there could be enemies. There are things that lurk in the ice that... Yuna doesn't like to talk about and they feel threatened by that. And so I think it, the scene is Yuna, a little feverish wrapped up beside a fire. And I think they've been asleep for a little while Mm -hmm. and they've woken up and stayed quiet and just open their eyes a little bit to make sure that Rex is still uh, awake because they don't actually trust Rex yet to stay awake the whole night. I, I like that a lot. And I think what I think what they see is Rex, his he, like Rex, like sitting does that kind of leg kicking fidget where like you kind of move, move the move your like move the weight of your leg from one leg to the other. It's it's almost like a walk, even when she's sitting, it's just kind of like shifting that little bit of weight back and forth. But it doesn't seem like anxious. It doesn't seem like eager to move. It just kind of seems, if anything, it almost seems rhythmic and sort of all like a little not not hit not not hypnotic in like a conscious way, but like it's it's like watching a metronome, right? Like it's just mm. it's perfectly it's perfectly timed. It's perfectly it's perfectly rhythmic. It's it's perfectly harmonious, and it's just this little bit of movement. And it seems like they're they're they are eagerly looking out and like keeping a watch while this sort of while this sort of rhythmic thing keeps you know they seem they seem awake and alert and focused uh he's he's got he's got that energy of of like she could have a conversation but he's kind of keeping this this energy like present and it's this it's this movement that seems to be keeping her like grounded you know what i mean mhm I think Yuna watches for a long moment, almost lulled back into sleep by this movement. It's just like you said, it's it's like a metronome. It's mm-hmm. monotonous and it's rhythmic and it's something that makes makes Yuna for the first time feel very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think that Yuna goes to turn uh, their back toward Rex, uh, finally letting their eyes off of them because they they have this this reassurance that they're awake and they just say very quietly, probably Rex has to think for a moment to make out what Yuna actually says. And 
they just say, you know, if you need to walk, you can go check the perimeter. I like I like that. I like that a whole lot. I, I think that's a great I think that's a great scene. And I think like I mm-hmm. think Rex kind of just climbs. And I think the last thing that we see on that scene is like Rex almost without saying a word, like climbs to her feet and starts like walking down and like kind of hops down a little bit of like a of like a cliff wall a little bit like jumps down like six eight feet lands on his feet and just starts like starts walking around not saying a word and just like just looking but but with that but like as you watch her walk you get that same sense of you get that exact same kind of energy of like he's moving around but it still feels like you're watching a metronome, right? Like it just yeah. feels like it feels like every step is kind of timed out in perfect in perfect harmony and unison, and 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 it it just exudes that energy of of always being always being perfectly in timed and in sync. Yeah, I love that. All right, I'm gonna draw my first card. Now I've drawn the seven of clubs. Seven of clubs. What you miss from your home. I think the scene here is one of my actual least favorite things about the snow and about like about like ice and snow. And that is after the snowfall, but before after the snowfall, but before it it sort of has like settled, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Rather like there's there's this like wonderful post snowfall feeling of like. Of like the movement has stopped initially and then eventually just the way that it like absorbs noise and absorbs kind of light and like everything just kind of like seeps into it. It just becomes so still. And I think I think what I think uh, the scene here is it is late. It is dark. Uh, The only things that we kind of see out on the on the snow around us are those kind of patches where moonlight is reflecting the snow back out. And it's like, it is, it is, it is, it is unbearably quiet because everything is kind of being muffled in the snow Mm -hmm. and everything is, you know, frozen and still. I think Rex is sitting and looking and he's just scowling as he's looking and, and, and just, it feels like, it feels like there's there's nothing, right? It feels like there's no energy to anything. It just feels like everything. If that 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 feeling of cold mm-hmm. is every is in every single spot. Yeah, and this is definitely something that Yuna is used to. Mm-hmm. They're used to that muffled quietness. Um, so I think like there's that difference of the scowl on Rex's face, but there's this calmness on Yuna's face, and when they notice the scowl, um, I don't think it, 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 it of course wouldn't make sense as to why Rex is upset because this is something that Yuna is so used mm-hmm. to. And um, I think that Yuna takes the chance to um, sort of move a little closer in, in, in a very reverent mm-hmm. type of closeness and um, just curiously looks at Rex's face and looks at their eyes. And, and even in this scowling face, their eyes are still so different to what Yuna's used to. Mm-hmm. And um, they just curiously tilt their head to the side and say, is there something wrong with the snow? It's not doing anything. The The, the snow on the other side of the fog... It, it's like the peak of a snowstorm all the time from the moment that, from the moment that the first flakes fall until the, until everything melts. It is, it is wind, it is howling wind and it is blowing gusts of snow and it is, it is flurries and it is splashing slush. And even as it melts, it melts into dancing, splashing puddles. It doesn't just sit there. Yuna takes all this in and thinks for a long moment because though that they're they know what Rex is talking about, because of course they've had their 
fair share of snowstorms. They just sort of get this smirk on their face and they say, sometimes all snow is supposed to do is fall. You can't fight that. I, I will have to, I will have to get used to a world where I don't have to fight. I think that Yuna stands up when Rex says that. And walks a little bit away in the distance and you can see see Yuna stand there and think for a moment. And then they begin to sort of kick the snow up with their feet and make it move around them. Just the snow dust, everything just sort of blinds the rest of the world for Yuna. And they say, well, if you... Don't want to fight it, then make it what you want it to be. And I think I think this is the first moment where Rex plants both feet and looks around and like actually stops moving as like as, as you're kind of kicking the snow up. And not in a like aggressive, like I don't want to participate way, but in mm. like like he just kind of pauses and smiles and looks and doesn't fight it doesn't fight doesn't fight the the flowing snow any more than she fights the the snow sitting on the ground i love that um i'll pull a card now so i realized uh a question uh a question and a request i realized i pulled an exile card last turn thought that i got our roles mixed up pulled an envoy card and the seven of clubs is an envoy card we have this exile card on the table do we just want to use this do we just want to use this (laughs) I will, I will use that one next time. Okay, that, that sounds good. Fair. Yeah, yeah. I got, yeah, I got, I got there. completely mixed up. Oh, no, that's fine. But it worked out for the best because that was a great scene. Yeah, I liked it a lot. All right. Um, so I pulled the Ten of Hearts. All right. Um, wait, is that an on-point card? I pu- I've seen the, I pulled one of your cards. <laughs> I did exactly what you did. <laughs> all right. Well, then we've worked out. Well, then, then it's all worked out for the best then. It really has. Uh, nine of spades. The nine of spades. Uh, what do what you envy about your companion? Oh, that's very spicy. I don't know if we need a, a really narrative scene for this one, because I think that what it is, is it's Yuna as they're traveling together. Whether Rex would notice mm-hmm. or not, Yuna keeps... Yuna is so envious of Rex's focus. Yuna constantly has so much on their mind that they get distracted very easily. They'll Rex probably has to make sure that Yuna's walking the right direction sometimes. It's just a very uh a very scatterbrained feeling. And um Yuna it's why that it's why Yuna likes to sit and sit in the quiet and think because it, it, it frees her uh, frees their mind up of what's uh, of everything around them. Mm-hmm. And Rex doesn't seem to go through that. Rex seems to know exactly what she wants, exactly where he's going, mm-hmm. and Yuna just has this this envy of of Rex's drive. And I think that even if not at first, Rex would definitely notice eventually mm-hmm. that when they walk and Rex gets a little bit ahead, Yuna sort of stares in this shocked expression because they wish they could have that focus. Mm. I love that. I love that a whole lot. And yeah, I don't think I have anything really to add to that scene other than I think we just kind of see that moment, right? We see that moment Mm -hmm. of Rex walking and then Yuna just stops and looks. Because I don't even think Rex necessarily would notice that that Yuna has stopped, right? I think that he kind of to an extent has tunnel vision of like when, when when we're walking, we're walking. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe she only really notices, she maybe only really notices for long enough to be like, hey, catch up. Like, you're, you're falling behind. <laughs> you just see Yuna, like, running through the yeah. snow trying to make sure that they're catching up. Which is a tiny little detail that I think is really, it like, a tiny little visual detail, a tiny little sensory detail that I really like that just popped into my head. Yuna's probably really natural at walking through the snow. 
Mm-hmm. Rex is probably extremely not good at walking through the snow. Rex probably has that big, clomping high step is the only way to describe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it in my brain. The the because you, you where you've got to remove your entire and full disclosure. This is how I walk in the snow. I've lived <laughs> I've lived around snow my entire life, and I still it's where you have to lift your entire leg out of the snow. Mm. And yeah. plant it in the next spot as opposed to moving in a way that makes any more sense. <laughs> yeah, of course. All right, I'm going to flip my next Envoy card. And it is the Three of Clubs. A promise unfulfilled. Ooh, I like this. I'm excited about this. I am too. I think the promise unfulfilled. I think this is a moment of conflict. Mm. And I think the moment of conflict is that you wake up and Rex is nowhere to be found. And like you, you're, you're kind of able, he's not difficult to, to track because exactly of what I was just talking about, like the way that she walks, it's very easy to follow him. Mm -hmm. So you're able to catch up also because you move much faster in the snow than he does. And so you're able to catch up. And I think the promise unfulfilled was Maybe not even an implicit promise, but at this point, I think we've been traveling long enough where this there was this kind of unspoken sense of a promise, if not like explicitly stated that we were traveling together. Mm-hmm. And I think there's this it's this it's this sense of I think it's it's very clear that Rex, I think I think I think Rex sees you catch up and kind of like brusquely, you know, makes like maybe you or maybe you slept too long or like like she tried to wake you up and you like you didn't immediately jump to it but there's definitely this this undercurrent i think there's this there's this moment between the two of us where we're kind of where where we have this realization that like we did not make it explicit that we were traveling together and mm. rex has kind of rex has kind of i think taken that to its worst outcome and like how does yuna react to that oh yeah i think at first yuna is shell-shocked because in yuna's mind ever since rex saved them and you carried them on their back for such a long time in yuna's mind they're traveling together now Mm -hmm. Uh, in Yuna's mind, they've made a, a, if not a friend, then at least a, a an acquaintance that can, you know, we we can watch each other's backs. And Yuna has this sort of realization of of what's going on, and their face turns into this very deep frown. Um, and they uh, they sort of stutter out. Where were you going? Were you going to leave? And I think like. I think there's a moment where Rex speaks through like. Of course, I. Of course, like you didn't you didn't answer the call, which means that I was going to go. And like Rex mutters this and sees the frown on Yuna's face and she slowly starts to realize, oh, that that sense of we keep moving no matter what like you don't like that's not something that that's not something that that's not a a value that you have and so she she pauses uh and he kind of looks in your direction and is like we you you don't leave people no i I stick with the people who help me and who I want to help. Even even when they slow you down. Well, from the way things are looking now, I... Yes, yes, even if they slow me down, I still support them. And he kind of, there's like a, tr- there's like a little bit of like, uh, like a, uh, a, like a tundra tree, like one of these little tiny shrubby... Mm-hmm. dead dead leaved trees and 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 he kind of leans against it and thinks it through he goes understood i don't mean to slow you down i you caught up to me which means if anything i am slowing you down 
and yet you have and yet you have not left. Well, for the future, let's try to at least keep the same pace, and then we won't have to worry about either of us slowing each other down. We, and and and, and she kind of pushes off of the tree and like hands to his hips. We cannot slow one another down. And she extends like she extends a hand as a handshake. If we travel as if we travel as one, we cannot slow. We cannot slow one another down. Yeah, I think Yuna gratefully takes Rex's hand and, and gives it that sort of one shake, curve, mm-hmm. tight shake, you know. Mm-hmm. And and with a nod, they say, "Here's to not slowing each other down." And I think, uh, I think she kind of like spins on her, spins on her heels, gets caught in the snow halfway through, like has to kind of kick out <laughs> his feet a bunch. We travel as one. There's no slowing. There's no slowing us down. And and immediately like is off, but in a way that like isn't quite like in the last scene where he's kind of walking ahead is is much more like doing that thing where when you like naturally walk at a faster or slower speed than someone where like sometimes you'll get a little bit ahead of them and like stop to make sure that you're still like fairly close and like doing that conscious, that conscious aware, that conscious awareness thing of like, of like making sure that, that your speed is matching the person that you're with, even when sometimes it falls out of sync. Yeah. And I think that's what Luna does. Luna or Yuna. I, I am tongue tied to hell right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yuna, that's exactly what they do as well. Um, They, uh, they make an effort to keep up. And it's not that they weren't making efforts before, but this time it's a conscious effort because they don't want to let Rex down. They don't want to wake up to being alone again. I like that. I like that a lot. I like, I like this moment in our, I like this moment in our, in our relationship a lot. Okay, so my turn, and I pulled the Six of Spades. And the Six of Spades is a fear of what's to come. I, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, fear of what's to come. I think what we see is one night, um, it's, it's another quiet, muffled night, and there's a fire going between us. And... Without prompt, Yuna begins to tell the story of uh, where they come from. And um, I think that it's this long tale where they are focusing not on what lies in the snow, but on the people who go missing. Mm. They tell Rex about this young woman who was traveling to to find medicine for her husband, but she never returned, even though the husband got well, of this elderly man who wanted to explore further than than their home just to see what lied out in the snow, but he was never heard from again. And in these tales, Yuna is telling like personal details of these people, like they they know them, they mm-hmm. know them well, that I don't think Rex can tell if these are things that Yuna personally encountered or if these are just stories that was passed down to them through their their parents mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or what. And the more that Yuna speaks about them, the more they they get their their voice gets quieter. They get more introspective and reflective and and there's this fear in Yuna's eyes. And I think that it's the fear that what if this is what they're walking toward? They're walking toward nothing and nothing to return from. And I think, I think, I think as you're telling this story, there's this moment where you tell the story of the man that walked off to see what was further than anything else, where Rex jumps up and like puts up a finger and then like sits because he like, doesn't want to interrupt because he's kind of wrapped in this and she but she kind of like puts a finger to her mouth in that way of like i have something to jump out and say and she jumps out and 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 afterwards goes it's fascinating to me that you have a story of a man who walked off to see what was further than anything else i 
also have a story about that. My parents... It's a very old, old, old story. My parents said they heard it from their parents. You said they heard it from their parents. Everybody, everybody has a variation on this story. And what's interesting, and I think he starts to tell this story and like a lot of the beats are the same in that really kind of amazing way of like the same sort of legend appears in different places at different times. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's telling this story and she gets to a point and she goes, but where it sounds like it differs is, do you know the ending of our story? Yuna shakes their head because the only ending that they know is, you know, this ending of nothingness. He never comes back because he found it. He walked off to, he walked off to see what was on the furthest edges of the world. And, you know, he walked. It is a story about about the walk it is a story about someone that said i'm going to walk as far as i can and they walked and they walked and they eventually got there no one ever saw them again we can't be sure of it but we can trust in the walk we can trust in we can trust in the act of the walk we can trust that if you walk with a destination in mind it might take you a while, it might take you until the end of time, but eventually you will get where you are walking. I think Rex would see Yuna's eyes go very wide, clearly listening to, to, to her version of the story. And when Rex ends, they sort of give them this, uh, this nod more it's it's definitely more yuna reassuring themselves mm -hmm. but i think that it, the message goes through to yuna that maybe they aren't walking toward nothing maybe that there is something at the far end of the earth and yuna just mutters under their breath with a smile i think that there's a little bit of a smile there they just say i think i like your version of the story better and I think I think that I think that's the end of our scene because that's a lovely that's a lovely ending to that moment. Was that your card or was that that was you? That was my card. All right, then I'm going to draw one for mine. I've drawn the six of spades. Nope, that's an exile card. <laughs> no, that's the six of clubs. Oh, You're I good. got the clubs and spades mixed up. Yep. I was like, I was like, I swear I pulled it from the right. Okay, we're good. I oh, I love that we're following this up with a fear of what has passed. Oh, that is very... I love when it works love, out that way. It's, that's the magic. That's the magic of games is what that is. Yes. Um, I think Yuna is awoken with a, with a start. I think, I think you are jostled awake. And for the first time, you see that sort of metronome passing the weight from foot to foot. And now it seems anxious for the first time in the time that you've known Rex. Like it now, it now seems like it's anxious fiddling and shifting as... He wakes up Yuna and like she walks to the edge of the cave and looks out and like walks back and kind of shakes them again and walks back and like looks around and is clearly like un uneasy. And I think when you finally, you know, get up and like crawl awake and crawl out, like you look out and it's it's as close to lovely as like a cold, bleary, snowy day can be, right? Like the you can see mm -hmm. the sun, and things are like some of the some of the ice is melting a little bit. It's still cold. It's still freezing. It's still frigid, but it's clear and it's crisp and it's sunny and like it is kind of like what you hope for when you hear about like a day after a snowstorm. Mm-hmm. And I think, but I think that. Uh, I think that Rex looks visibly un unnerved as he looks as far out on the horizon as he can before finally turning to Yuna and just whispering, there's no fog. Yuna is a little confused at first, still in that state of like waking up and, and, you know, getting their bearings about them. And uh, they they follow Rex's eyes out into the expanse, and 
they sort of raise an eyebrow in, in curiosity and they say, does there need to be fog? Uh, I walked through the fog to get here. If there's no fog anywhere, anywhere out on the horizon, if it's if it's clear skies, as far as I can see, how can I know if I'm ever going to walk home? Yuna's expression softens a little bit. Because they are definitely, now that they're sort of waking up, they're noticing that anxiety mm-hmm. from from her. And they are, it's definitely feeding over to Yuna finally. Like it's making even Yuna a little anxious. Mm-hmm. But 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 Yuna's trying to stay calm and collected because it is it's wild to see Rex look anxious for Yuna at least, and they um they put their hand on on Rex's shoulder, and they say, "There's always going to be fog somewhere. It's this is you you have to enjoy the days like this. We don't get many." We'll find the fog, I promise. And I think, like, his reaction, I think his his the lines on, on her face harden a little bit. Mm-hmm. She kind of leans in and says, We, you and I, have made promises before, out loud, spoken, and we have kept them to date. I will hold you to this. Yuna nods, realizing the weight in Rex's words and the the trust that Rex puts in them. And uh, they pull their hand away and sort of motion toward the clear sun, the clear sky and the sun shining down. And they um, they go back into the cave to gather their things, I think. And when they come back, they say there's nothing better than a sunny day to um, to keep walking. We walk until we find the fog, and you know what they say about walking with a destination. What did they say? You'll get there eventually. Yuna just laughs a little bit through their nose, and uh, I think that as they're gathering and walking out, there's a moment where Yuna sort of looks at Rex when Rex isn't looking, and there's a frown on their face because... They hadn't thought of Rex finding the fog again and leaving. Mm. And it it sincerely makes them sad. I love that. Yeah. Okay. All I'll right. Pull a card. Make sure I pull from the right deck this time. <laughs> okay. King, of, King diamonds. of diamonds. What makes your companion beautiful? Oh, I love That's that. That's nice. I like that. I think the longer that they travel together, they become more comfortable with each mm-hmm. other. Like, I think that that trust begins to build and they're able to talk more to each other about where they come from, what they're used to, like what th- things like that, just little things that, that make you build up that comfortableness with a new person you're around. And I think that Yuna ends up finding themselves really drawn to the way that Rex is so forceful with the way that he speaks. It's a, it's just like how she always has a destination in mind. When she speaks, she, she knows exactly what she's saying Mm -hmm. and, and he knows the point he wants to get across. And to Yuna, that is such a, beautiful trait because one isn't talking around in circles and one isn't saying needless things and wasting time with needless words and they love the way that rex gets their point across it's a very broad type of of beautifulness but it's really what draws yuna to rex there is no doubt in Yuna's mind what Rex says is what Rex means. And I think that Yuna just finds that so heartwarming and comforting and, and beautiful 
It's a trait of Rex that they will always carry with them and wish that they could, you know, that they could also do. I love that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that one. That's a very vague question. I don't think that really needs. Yeah, a scene, I think that's but. good. I think that's exactly what. I think that's that's exactly perfect. So I'm going to draw my envoy card, and I've drawn the Eight of Clubs. The Eight of Clubs, a life you would enjoy living. Oh man, I think this is. I think this is a fairly short scene, but it's one that I kind of want to throw to you a little bit. Yeah, of course. I would love, I think that it's a scene of the two of us. I think it's like, it's late. And like, it's the two of us like sitting in one of these, these kind of like glacier crevasses or caves or like area, like little spots of shelter along the, Mm -hmm. along the path that we're walking. And I think, you know, it is like, there's not much to do other than talk, especially because there's so little kind of out here. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the two of us swapping stories. And I think um, I think Rex is hearing hearing Yuna tell stories about about their life and about like very specifically like hearing hearing almost almost this sense of like. leisure is not quite the right like playful leisure i guess is the best way to describe it because Mm -hmm. i think like the the two of us like this is a rare this is kind of not a rare moment because i think that we've we've been traveling like happily and comfortably for a while but like this is a moment where we're kind of opening up about like the good times that we've had and like how we enjoy ourselves like things we do for fun and i think a lot of rex's stories are built out of competition mm. in that it it, it it in that sort of sense of it is the purest it is a way that is kind of translated out from being someone that is always moving and always moving for something and always having like a goal and a destination i think he is i think i think a lot of her like leisure stories a lot of the things that he describes as doing for fun are competition right it's 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 races and it's it's games of skill and of of competing against one another and it's there's this it's you know he loves them but there but i think yuna it's impossible not to pick up this little bit of a harsh edge to them where it's always Mm -hmm. it's always competition and it's always conflict and it's always you know a winner and a loser and i think I think maybe Yuna like tells some stories about like just doing things for the sake of doing them, like crafting and stuff like that in a way that mm-hmm, like for sure that I think I think Rex is immediately like tickled at this idea of like, what do you what do you mean? You like it 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 reminds me very specifically of uh this is this is me dropping an extremely silly and extremely Jeff pop culture reference. <laughs> there is a there is an there is a, a scene in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia when Charlie writes a musical and all the other characters go, All right, so who are we doing it versus? Who are we getting one <laughs> yeah. over on? And that's exactly No exactly. That's exactly what I picture is like Rex just leaning in and be like, So you just like you're 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 doing this, you're playing this game, you're doing this activity. Who are you who are you against? You know, just like we're all winners and Rex doesn't understand that. And I think like I think as you as you say that, like it 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 takes it takes him that moment. But like as soon as he hears that, as soon as she's like, oh, oh, my God. Like and I think like I think the closing note of that scene is just that, like, I think maybe Rex like as late in that night as Rex is doing watch doing that sort of metronome shifting. She's knitting a little bit. And it's just, like, has taken up this one little tiny, like, piece of crafting just for the sake of doing it. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah, I definitely enjoy that. Um, Would you be interested in us pulling the first joke? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, awesome. I was two cards away from it anyway, so that's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, So the first joker, something drastic shifts in your relationship. What? I think 
I think we find the fog again. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's heavy fog. It is just like, you can't, you can barely see a couple of feet in front of your face type mm-hmm. of fog. And it's a shift that Yuna feels because that fear that they had felt before when Rex was so scared of not seeing the fog, it comes back. And I think the the drastic shift is that Yuna becomes very cold. Mm. Because in Yuna's mind, they've decided that they have found a friend in Rex. Mm-hmm. And when you care about and love your friends, you want them to be happy. And Yuna doesn't want Rex to feel that they that she can't return to her mm-hmm. world if she wants to. I love that. I, I love that. And I think I think it becomes what I like about that is that I think what happens after that, the immediate after effect, because like I think it's like it's like we're walking like along this fog and like through parts of it, but not through the thickest of it. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is like our relationship as we walk shifts to kind of sort of the inverse of what it was at the first part of our journey mm-hmm. where, you know, uh, where, where Yuna is now very cold. But I think like Rex's immediate reaction to that is I think like Rex, as this journey has progressed, like Rex is happy to see the fog and, and he's happy to know that she can go home if, if he wants, but also he's also made a friend. Like he has someone that he deeply cares about and doesn't want to lose that. And I think, I think it becomes this element of like Rex actively trying to to get through to Yuna and trying to, like, trying to try to being the person trying to trying to breach that coldness and trying to reach out and sort of repair this this harm that he didn't realize that he had caused. Yeah, for sure. And I think Yuna is just in in their mind is just like, well, if I make it seem like I'm not attached to to her, then he'll have no problem leaving if he wants to. It's just like that, you know, you you're hurting them for their own good, but you're really not. Yeah, know? it's it's that sense of like it's it's putting up that wall because you know you're because you think you're gonna get hurt and not giving the other person that 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 the space to say, I don't want that wall up. Exactly. It is a very it is a very human, very, very easy to cause source of harm to someone and it breaks my heart seeing it i think what i'd like to do right now is draw two more cards maybe one each and then we'll do my uh, and then we'll do the second yeah. joker of course i love that so why don't i pull my next card it is the four of clubs four of clubs what you didn't know was i mean this is perfect right like this is it a good really this is, is a good confrontation <laughs> I love games I love so them. much. Jeff. I love them so much. Um, what you didn't know was a lie. I think I think there's this moment where we are walking and for probably the first time, right? Yuna is just ahead of Rex. I think even though Yuna walks quicker in the snow, like Rex just has this determination where like she has always been the one kind of walking ahead and then trailing back to catch up with Yuna. And now it's the first time that Yuna's just fully, you know, focused on the walk in a, to a level that that Rex was and now Rex is distracted and kind of trailing behind. I love that. And I think that in response, Yuna just sort of stops cold and turns their head to look back at Rex and notices this, this distraction on Rex's face and just says, we need to hurry up if we're going to, uh, to make it through the fog. Just very cold. Just, there's no feeling there, which is completely yeah. different than what Rex would be used to from you. And I think like, I think, I think Rex immediately thinking, thinking, like probably like that's probably the lie that Rex thinks is a lie or Rex doesn't know is a lie and like hunkers down and, and walks through it. Right. Like catches up and, and thinks that for like completely thinks that for whatever reason, this person that has been nothing but open and honest with him is just, is just being 
Kurt and being focused on the thing. You know, it's been a long journey, so she wants to make sure that they have the space that they need. So Rex walks, I think, and I think in that in that that very painful and tragic way that comes with building these walls Rex doing the exact thing and taking Yuna at their word is the worst thing that she can do because it it affirms all of the wrong things that Yuna has thought in their head yeah and I think I think that we leave the scene with both of them walking in silence which is a very new thing. I think they used to talk while yeah. they walked, and now that it's silence, all you—it's just complete quiet between you just, them. You it's just very hear the unnerving, I think. Yeah. Oh man, that gave me chills. Oh, I love it. Okay, I'm gonna draw all my right. last one. Nine of diamonds. What is reflected in your companion? I think they stop just to take a break one day it's in just the middle of the day and they're having to stay so close to each other because the fog is so quick and it's a very physical thing that Yuna sees reflected in Rex it's that they get a moment when Rex has her eyes sort of looking around taking stock of what's going on Yuna sees their reflection in Rex's eyes and Yuna sees how they've changed. They see how even their whole demeanor has changed. They've gone cold and they've, they've gone sort of unlifelike and it breaks Yuna's heart because that's not the person that, that they are. And they really hate that they're, they don't know when their journey with Rex could end, but this is how they're spending whatever time they have left with them. It just, it, it really, I think it wakes Yuna up a little mm-hmm. bit, seeing themselves in Rex's eyes, because they're so used to Rex's eyes being full of life and 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 dancing with each step that she takes, and Yuna seeing this sort of frozen creature basically reflected back at them, it 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 scares them, and I think without any prompt, without anything said Yuna just looks at Rex and says I'm sorry and then goes back to packing their things back up to get back on the journey but doesn't doesn't further the conversation doesn't bring up a reason why they're sorry they just they felt like they owed that to to Rex and I think Rex puzzled look on her face quietly accepts it doesn't push it any further um and i think there's definitely like there's this there's there's a moment where there's this sort of tenant like almost tentative moment where rex like points up at a bird and is like have you ever seen one of those that's got a 45 foot wingspan Yuna looks up at it and just slowly shakes their head and says, I could never even imagine Oh, they're that. so cool. No, they're so, they're so cool. And like immediately like Rex just dive bombs on that moment, right? Like that, that <laughs> moment of like, I couldn't imagine and just starts like gushing about these giant birds. And it feels like, like it feels like, like, like they were just kind of, like that was the opening salvo to be like, can I, can I, sh- can I, you know, share with you the warmth that we have shared before? Mm, like yeah. dives into it, and 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 it's just like I think the the last thing we see before we flip the Joker is this like extremely wide shot of the two of of the two of us walking, and Rex is like doing arm like wing gestures with her <laughs> arms and like pointing yeah. at the sky, and like you just you're watching him just completely over emote about how cool this bird is. And I think Yuna is genuinely laughing for the first time in mm-hmm. a while. Gosh, that's so good. So uh, with our last card, we're going to flip the second Joker. You have reached the edge of the expanse, 
Ahead is a new and dangerous life. Do you go forward? I have my answer. I'm ready to hear it. I think my answer is, I think we come to this expanse and there's, there's fog below, right? Like we're at, we're at, we're at the edge. There's like, we're at like the edge of like a cliff or like a hill. And like mm-hmm. down that hill, like partway through, there is like an impenetrably thick fog. It might not be the same fog that brought me here. It might be an entirely different fog that would take me somewhere else. But I think the important thing is Rex is looking down at this fog, shifting his weight from foot to foot, and stops dead, plants both feet, looks to Yuna. And asks Yuna, do we, do we go through it? I think it shocks Yuna a little bit because Yuna had, had spent so much time trying to distance themselves from a we Mm -hmm. in the end because they didn't want to hinder Rex any. But when she asked, do we go through it? Yuna's heart just completely melts and that feeling of this is my friend. This is someone I care for. It just finally comes back fully. And Yuna looks down and they steal themselves as well. And I think they hold out their hand for Rex and they say, well, we've been going this far. I don't think it's time to stop now. And Rex grabs their hand. And as they walk into the fog, the last thing we hear is Rex quietly reciting a story about a man who one day decided that he was going to walk until the end of the world, that he was going to see as far as it could go. And do you know what happened to that man, Yuna? Yuna. He eventually found it. And they (sighs) walk through the fog. And that's game. Oh, I have tears in my eyes. Breathtakingly How dare good. You? Very good. How dare I'm you? I'm so happy. That was great. I'm so, so happy with how that game played. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's such a beautiful game. Uh, Constellation makes beautiful <sighs> games. Like, they are so good. They're so good. This game is incredible. <laughs> I'm so happy. This is the second time this game has brought me to tears. So it's it's definitely now, if it wasn't already one of my faves, it's one of my faves. Oh. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on and playing it with me. I could not be happier with yes. how this turned out. Yes, me too. It was it was truly beautiful. So real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter um, at Katie Face, K-A-T-Y-F-A-I-S-E. You can also find me um, a lot of off the tables things, off underscore the table on Twitter and Twitch. Um, I am an online content creator and, um, I do community management, consulting, anything like that. And, um, I, uh, I'm just, I'm just flabbergasted and in shock of how good this is. So definitely check out Constellations games if you have a chance because they're beautiful. They're just beautiful games and this is no different. I love it. Thank you so much for playing this with me. I could not be happier. And for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Katie for coming on the show. That game was special. It was beautiful. I, I it was breathtaking. Like, it was incredible. It was an incredible experience. And I'm so grateful that we got to play it together and we got to tell that story together because it was really, it's close to my heart. It's a story that was close to my heart. As I mentioned at the top of the show, be sure to pick up your own copy of 52 Days on the Ice by going to occasionalL.itch.io. And check the show notes for links to Missing Annie Lee and Of Black Glass and all the other incredible things that Off the Table puts together. And be sure to follow Off the Table on Twitter at Off underscore the table and Katie on Twitter at Katie Face. That's K-A-T-Y-F-A-I-S-E. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Join our Discord community at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord. Head to our merch store at bit.ly slash Party of One Merch. And if you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a nice review on Podchaser, telling us you like the show on social media, telling a friend about the show, uh, buying me cupcakes. That probably seems like an overreach, but I honestly wouldn't turn it down. 
And you can also uh, check out the other podcast that I produce every single week, All My Fantasy Children, which is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by you, where every week my best friend Eric Tanosayas and I take a listener-submitted prompt, we spin it into an original fantasy character, and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every po- uh, Friday-ish at oneshotpodcast.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the D&D Sluggers, and the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates coming onto the show as a guest or about press coverage of the show, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. <laughs>